Good morning and welcome to the podcast. My name is Willie Lawson. Uh, again, we have been everywhere. We've been everywhere, man. We've been everywhere. We've been everywhere. Uh, Google Podcast, Spreaker, um, Stitcher, CastBox, um, not CashBox, not let me catch you outside. No, I mean, I mean, we've been everywhere. We've been on iHeart.com. We're everywhere. iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, everywhere. So if wherever you've heard us, if you would send me an email at WLS860 at gmail.com, I would appreciate it. That's WLS860 at gmail.com. Uh, you know, I, I feel like uh, sometimes what we've been doing here is that I've been the guy who, like on, on Facebook, who's been expressing the unpopular opinion. And and these are and I'm, I'm let me tell you I've been doing this since March twenty fifth two thousand eight and what I am not doing I am not being a provocateur I promise you I am not because I don't first of all I have time for it <laughs> I don't have time for it and I couldn't support it and you just can't keep being a provocateur eventually you run out. Milianopolis. Milianopolis was fun and a provocateur, but where is Milo? Where is Milo? Because eventually you tire out and you just exhaust your audience. You're just exhausted. So the idea is that I'm not doing this as, from a, a provocateur standpoint at all. I'm doing this because these are the things that I think about and these are the things that I, that I really believe. I know, crazy, ain't it? Um, and I think that, that there sometimes end up being this series of unpopular opinions. But the idea is, if I can get you to think about it a little bit, maybe my opinion isn't as unpopular as some people would have you believe. Um, today we're going to talk about campaign finance reform. It's one of those things that everyone talks about this time of year or this in, in this season because campaigns, especially national campaigns, federal campaigns are getting started. And the amount of money that is raised for these campaigns, it is, and it's, it's incredible. It really is. It's incredible. Now, I, I cannot sit here and disagree, and I disagree with you that it is not a ridiculous amount of money that these campaigns raise. I mean, we're we're into the billions of dollars for presidential campaigns, into the billions of dollars. So when Barack Obama wants you to believe that somehow he raised uh, over a billion dollars, three dollars at a time, that's just <laughs> it's just ridiculous. You know, when he had campaign email campaigns asking you to send in three dollars, yeah, that was for lunch money. That was for lunch money for like um, Des Moines. <laughs> Come on now, um, millions, billions of dollars coming in. It's it's a ridiculous industry. It's out. It's an outrageous industry. Um, that has all this money that that can raise this incredible amount of money. This is why I always think when someone tells me that the economy sucks and I'm, and these campaigns are raising a billion dollars, I'm like, mm, something here doesn't fit. There's no lack of money. It's just where it's being put and who has it. There's no lack of money. The money is still out there. People are still spending it for the things they want to spend it for. And they are spending it for, you know, campaign. Some of them, some, some of them are spending it towards campaigns. Um, 
this came up because yesterday I was having a um, a conversation with a, with a very good friend of mine at work, and the conversation flipped around, and we started talking about uh, campaigns. And he said, you know, one of the reasons why he'll never, ever, 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 he was pretty emphatic, uh, <laughs> saying that he would donate to any political ca- political campaign on either side of the aisle. He just never would. Never again. Never, 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 never. Um, and because he thinks that, that campaigns need to be funded differently. Well, and then I reminded him that, you know, you know, I've been on the 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 crappy side of the stick of not having any money for a campaign for a local election, not once but twice. And so maybe he should rethink that. And I thought, you know what, I, I and and then he and then he sort of um, changed his 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 tone where he really meant like federal campaigns. Um, but the problem, you know, what, and I and I understand that too because, like I said a minute ago, uh, the billions of dollars that get raised for these campaigns. And it just seems like it's all. It just seems for those of us out here that it's really just all about the money. But you know, even if if I don't know, Barack Obama raises a billion dollars for a campaign, the money doesn't go to him. He can't. And I think that we have a. a we we don't really know how the process works. So when we hear that so and so raised. You know, a five hundred million dollars. They're not going to go out and buy a car with that money. You know, I think what people, I think what they, I think what people think they want is this: they want it to be a, a just ideas. They want everybody to have normal amounts of money. Normal is none. They want them to have the, the same kind of money you do. You see what I'm saying? We all want to think that these folks are a lot more like us than they are and have similar resources. And I think, I believe that's that's what people think they want. They want them, they want Barack Obama, they want Elizabeth Warren, they want um, Donald Trump, they want all these people they see on TV to run campaigns like you'd run campaigns out of your living room. They want... To, they think they want you to run campaigns like they, quote, used to, quote, uh, run campaigns. Campaigns have always, the blood of campaigns have, has always been money. Always been money. It's, the blood of campaigns have never been ideas. Never. It's always been money. Always. Because you have to now, especially now, be able to be at, in front of as many people as possible. Think about presidential campaigns before television. Think about presidential campaigns before TV. What does someone have to, have to do? They had to get on a train, a train, and go to a city. And, what, and they had to set up a, time, a place and a time. And some people did it off the back of the train because, not because it was iconic, it was to save a buck. They had to, they had to actually travel to these cities, maybe you know get a hotel for themselves and their staff, go to a, go, go to a hall, rent the hall, 
do the campaign speech, and hopefully have enough money to go to the next city or home. So if you didn't have money to do that, could you campaign? If you didn't have money, if, if, you, if you were living in, I don't know, let's pick a city that kind of sucks. Uh, if you were living in East St. Louis, and that's where your home was, and you didn't have money to get to Los Angeles, to get to San Francisco, to get to Reno, Nevada, to get to Chicago, to get to New York, to get to Wilmington, to get to Jacksonville, Florida on train, and take care of yourself while you were there, eat, have a place to sleep, and, and, you know, and wash your butt, could you afford to campaign? Could you afford to be president? No. So there's always been benefactors. Always been people who to donate to campaigns as benefactors. Always. Some, you know what, and you know what, in, in times gone by, there were individuals that completely and totally financed people's campaigns. What? Completely and totally financed people's campaigns. We don't really have much of that anymore, except for people like George Soros. Um, that, that that underwrite campaigns, and and we can see that now, and we're actually in our, our system in that is sort of improving to to the degree where we make it very difficult for just individuals to finance campaigns. Now, campaigns can be self financed. President Trump made a lot of noise early on that he was financing his campaign until he figured something out too. It's too much damn money. <laughs> it's just too much money. It's a bunch of money to be on TV. It's a bunch of money to travel around the country, even on your own jet. You'd think that it'd be a little cheaper because you could be able to, to deal with cost and time and fly whenever you wanted to, and blah, blah, blah. But it's, it's tough. And when these candidates have to make campaign stops, in again four or five cities in a day, where a lot of a lot of them do, and even if they fly commercial, it's very expensive. Think about you. Think about you. If you had, if today, today, something happened last night, and you know that you've got to fly um, from where you are to Tampa, Florida. Now, a lot of you who listen to this podcast, unless you live in Tampa, Florida, that wouldn't be a big deal. But if you were living in Atlanta or if you were living in New Orleans or if you were living in Los Angeles and you know you knew last night that you had to be in Tampa, Florida today. And then you had to be in Tampa today and, to, and tomorrow morning you had to be in Atlanta. And the next day you had to be in, in Charlotte and the next day you had to be in D.C. and the next day... You had to be in Chicago. And then you were making a campaign stop in Kenosha. Could any of you in your budgeting now afford to buy those tickets right now? Most of us, in order to fly on an airplane, crap, have to buy tickets four months in advance. Why? Because it's expensive. So what you think you'd be getting is no, are, are normal people with normal budgets, but what you'd be actually getting with the kind of campaign finance reform that most people are thinking about 
or the super wealthy. The very same people that Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren and Hillary Clinton, although they are all super wealthy people, have all of a lot of you jacked up about. You would only have the super wealthy, the the one tenth of the the, the one tenth of the of, of the one percent. Thank you, Bernie Sanders, because that's you, right? That's all you'd have at that level. And um, and I think that we uh, a lot of you think that there are certain people at fault, and like people people like George Soros, because George Soros is is a bad guy for a lot of people on the conservative side, and the Koch brothers are the antithesis um, for people on on the on the more progressive, scary liberal side, and it's not really, it isn't. It's a combination of everything. What we're finding out is that a lot of these major corporation people are in the game and have always been in the game. And I'll tell you why they're in the game in a minute. Um, you know, there was an article here in the Tampa, on TampaBay.com, which is the Tampa Bay Times, formerly the St. Pete Times, but always Pravda here in the Tampa Bay area, about how Publix in the last election cycle, because I think they'd given some money to Trump, uh, or, or some other conservative candidates, uh, Marco Rubio, who, the, who they gave money to, um, you know, right as David Hogg was having his, you know, was throwing his fit, going into publicists and having die-ins, they decided to stop giving money to political campaigns. Well, the fact of the matter is that the, the, the real story is that they had, that was the last bit of monies that they were given political campaigns anyway in that cycle, so they were done anyway. And um, they're giving money to political candidates again. The um, the people who are in charge of publics are more conservative and give money not only to uh, Republican candidates. They, they give money to Democrat candidates as well. Obviously, it's Florida. You don't really have much choice. If you're a Publix, um, which is a large grocery chain, if you didn't know who Publix was. so you So they're going to. And they're back doing it again. And they are going to give to a lot of conservative candidates. They're going to give to Marco Rubio again. They're going to give to um, to DeSantis when he runs again. It, I mean, they just are. And if... Um, <laughs> I can't call him Opie. Uh, but you know what? If Adam Putnam ran, ran for anything again, they would give money to, to Adam Putnam. And there's not more of a conservative dude than Adam Putnam. That's what would happen. And the thing is, it isn't just the company that gets to give. It's the individuals in the company, too. So here's here's how it works. And I, and I know there's some people who don't, who don't understand some of this, and that's fine. Here's how it works. Let's say I own um, Ginormous Corp International. Ginormous Corp International. And Ginormous Corp International wants to give or can give X number of dollars to Donald Trump's presidential campaign in 2020. Trump 2020. So Ginormous... Uh, ginormous Corporation International gives, um, let's say, the maximum $5 million to Trump 2020. Now, Willie Lawson, who is the CEO of Ginormous uh, Corporation International, as, his, as, a, as a private citizen, decides that I'm going to give the maximum as well. And the maximum for me may only be $10,000. So I, I stroke a check for $10,000. 
and 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 I don't put it in the same envelope, of course. And I send that to Trump 2020. And my wife, Deborah Lawson, um, who is the wife of the CEO of Ginormous Corporation International, as a as a private citizen, sends her ten thousand dollars as well. And my son, Alex Lawson of Ginormous. Um, ginormous uh, corporation international since his ten thousand dollars in it as well now and the people that we work for on our board do the same and they all can this is how this process works this is how law firms are able to give even in local elections hundreds of thousands of dollars to candidates the firm gives and all the members of the all 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 the the members of the firm gives and give um, to the same person. And if you're an associate, you better get on board, baby. There's some peer pressure usually. You better get on board, and that's kind of how. Well, because that's how things work. That's how life is. Welcome to life is, and that's how it kind of works. A lot of people don't under, don't really don't really understand how that goes. So. And there's really nothing that you should do about that. People should have the choice to give if they want. And and if you run a corporation, corporations should have a choice to give to whomever they wish. I ain't mad at Starbucks for supporting Hillary Clinton. I'm mad at Starbucks because their CEO supports the murder of unborn children. Now, it was his choice to come out and say that they support Planned Parenthood. It was his choice. He didn't have to. I would have never known. And I will tell you what's different about me and what's different about most conservatives and Republicans that we would have never asked because it ain't none of my damn business. But since you offered, let me see. Hmm. You said that um, if we are for traditional marriage, you don't want you don't want us in your stores. No problem. I can make my own damn coffee at home. Folders. There you go. The joy of waking up. Hang on a second here. Uh, so I don't need to go in and, and get your, your burnt-ass overpriced coffee. Um, no worries. Y'all can have that. And I'm good. I'm not looking to shut y'all down. I'm not looking to boycott you. I'm not looking to do anything to hurt you in any way, shape, or form. Because I could just stay my big ass home. Drink coffee out of my Keurig. Yeah, and I know the Keurig is, you know, Keurig was a problem too at one point. But, you know, he backtracked and whatever. And we already had the machine. I already bought it. It was too late. I wasn't going to take a machine that I already bought that I already gave money for and take it outside and smash it into a million pieces because that's just dumb. So that wasn't going to happen. Um, it might prevent me from buying another one. But one I already have, and and I think this one was given. To, I'm looking at it now. I think it was given to us as a gift, and um, we've used it, and it's worked fine. So they, the the company didn't make any money off us on this thing. So, and it isn't like we have a thousand people coming through our house every day going, "Ooh, look at the cure! Are they gonna buy one?" Um, <laughs> so so we're not advertising for them either. But 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 in any case, so he um. I think the people should have freedom to do pretty much whatever they want 
with their money. Because if I'm going to be a conservative, if I'm going to be for property rights, I got to always go back to that. I always go back to um, your money is your property. You can do whatever you want with it. Whether you're a ginormous corporation or whether you're a mom and pop business or whether you're um, Joe Q public private citizen, your money is your personal property and you can do whatever you want with it. Whatever. If you want to stuff it up your butt and then give it to a political campaign, well, I would keep it up my butt, I think. I think that would be highly more beneficial. But in any case, you can, whatever you want to do. Whatever, whatever, I mean, whatever you want to do with it. You could give it to Planned Parenthood. I wish you wouldn't, but you can if you want to. I can't stop you. All I can do is try to stop you from giving my money to Planned Parenthood. Feel me? See how, how, how this works? So I think this this version of, of campaign finance reform, you see how I just got right back there, um, is I, the, the danger is creating an oligarchy where only the super wealthy, the only the super wealthiest people, the the top the, you know the the, the, ten, the the top tenth of the one percent, thank you, Bernie, um, will be able to to do any of this, and and we kind of folks we kind of see it now in local elections. Now, the election that I always go to is our, our school board elections. Because if you think about your school board, if you can think about anybody who's on your school board, school boards are normally populated by women. And I'll be honest with you, normally white women. Normally white women. And my friend Vinnie Tafaro of Unlocking the Labor Cage. And if you've not gotten the book Unlocking the Labor Cage from Amazon, then you are a putz. If you've not read Unlocking the Labor Cage by Vinny Tafaro, you are a putz. So go ahead and get that done today. Go to Amazon. Uh, yes, yes, Jeff Basil gets a cut, but that's okay. Um, so does Vinny. Vinny Tafaro, Unlocking the Labor Cage. Uh, we talked... And he, and he mentioned to me in one of the casts we did on Talking With about a, a, an economic concept called Homo Economicus. And Homo Economicus um, he, oh, is married, and Homo Economicus, his wife, gets to stay home because Homo Economicus m makes enough money to have a stay-at-home spouse. Now, here was, here's what happened. That stay-at-home that stay spouse because of the wealth of Homo economicus, economic man, who doesn't really exist, but it's just a concept, that is the person who gets to run for school board because they can afford to. They can afford to. It isn't what is turned into what our reality is. Our reality is that the people who, who could run for the school board are probably teachers or ex-teachers who just can't afford to, who understand how the process works where they live and may have real solutions for it. Because my last point is that if we only let those who are super wealthy or wealthy enough to do it have that opportunity, 
what we're going to get. I mean, if you don't let people donate to them and finance their campaigns and finance their ideas, is this. You'll get a, a, a dearth of diversity in perspective. I'll say it again. A dearth of diversity of perspective. You know, it's fine if you have... Um, and I'm going to be real racial here for a second. If you have the, the, the perspective of mom, dad, dad is homo economicus. He's a lawyer. I just picked that off the top of my head. Who actually is successful enough and go, go you, go him to have a stay-at-home spouse. 2.4 children. Who attend, both who attend private school. I may live in a half million dollar home that, praise the Lord, is almost paid for. They've been at it for 20 years. Almost paid for, right? They, go, they, they, they have a small vacation home on the beach. Nothing fancy. The place for them all to just go, go and chill once a year, right? And, and the rest of the year they rent it out. You know these people. I'm not. I'm not talking about Donald Trump. I'm not talking about Jeff Bezos. But you know these people, right? And I am mad at these people. I'm not saying. That I, I'm not. I'm, I'm not the person. The people I'm describing. I'm not angry with. I'm not envious of. They work hard. They do what they're supposed to do. They pay their taxes. They do what they're supposed to. Ain't got no problem with them. But they have a perspective. On let's say the school the school system, they have their perspective, and it may not be the entire picture because hardly any of our perspectives are the entire picture. Hardly any of our perspectives are the entire picture. So what we need is a diversity of perspective. Now, when I say diversity, a lot of Republicans and conservatives, especially the white ones, all your colons slam shut. Because what you think is, and I'm thinking about quotas, and, and your mind just your mind just soars, just goes to stupid places. But you need diversity of perspective, and most of the time, that perspective comes from economic position, not even racial position, but economic position. Poor white folks think a lot more like poor black folks than rich black folks think like poor black folks in most situations not every situation but in most situations let me say that again because some of y'all are not bright poor white folks think a lot more like poor black folks than rich black folks think like poor black folks in most situations especially in america most of our perspectives are gained through our economic position. And I think that on every level of government, um, we government becomes detached from the citizenry because of the dearth of diversity of perspective. That's where politicians and political systems become detached from its citizenry. From Israel, you know, and, and we when we sit and we sit and wonder who are they representing, and then we think they're just representing the people who, 
who donate to their campaign. The rich, the rich, rich people, the richy, rich people who donate to their campaign. And it's not that people got into politics to do that. It's that they just get cut off. They get cut off from, um, and they don't bring themselves that diversity of, of perspective. They don't bring it themselves. And I think you have to bring it yourself. I think that you have to have somebody like me, and I, I ain't campaigning for anything ever again. I have condition, I have specific conditions, but they're so ridiculous they'll never they'll never be met uh, for me to campaign for any political office again. But people like me, uh, you have to have people who are a homo economicus, homo economicus, and his wife need, to, need their perspective is important that it get represented in government. Ain't got no problem with that. I think you need the perspective of Richie Rich, <clears throat> excuse me, because that's a perspective that exists and um, can see things that maybe home economicus or me can't see because of our uh, my economic history, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> or condition. One more time. <clears throat> but I think that all of it needs to be be represented, and the only way that we can really get this done is to allow people like me people like Homo Economicus and his wife, to actually be able to raise money to campaign, even in a local election. We're talking about, we're talking about th- th- folks, where I live, we're talking about county commission elections where people are raising a quarter million dollars. A quarter million dollars for one county. For one county. A quarter million dollars. Because they, because now they've got all the built, they've got all the traditional methodology by which to campaign. They got all the yard times they could ever ever use in, in a lifetime. They've got all the billboards they could ever use. They can be at all the functions that they could you could ever be at. You can create functions that there were no functions. You didn't have to, to to sort of tool around hoping that you could show up somewhere. You can actually create a function. You can actually create a thing. Invite people to come. Feed them. Have a band. Two bands. You see, you see how this works? And that's fine. And again, because I am a um, kind of slippling... Sort of sliding into to, to my libertarian side. Uh, if people want to donate to that, and they want to donate to that idea, they should be allowed to. Now, my own experience is that I ran for county commission. I, I'll say it this way: I filed to run for county commission in my district twice. Um, neither time did I qualify and end up on the ballot. If you want to know how things turned out, um, so they couldn't have turned out worse because I didn't even get a chance to lose. <laughs> you know, when you don't even get a chance to lose, you don't really get a chance to play. It is it is frustrating. I'll tell you what. Both times when the qualifying date came and went, both those days were triple low by rhythm days for me. I was so depressed. Especially the second one. I had recovered from from heart surgery. And I was really hoping to do something special, not only for my community, but my family. And 
actually a, a couple of days before when it was obvious that this was not the weekend before when it was obvious that this was not going to happen. Uh, there just wasn't going to be the qualifying fee, and the qualifying fee was six thousand dollars. It just wasn't going to happen. You know, the campaign had. I mean, the campaign at that time had oh, I don't know, a thousand dollars in it. The campaign kind of had like a thousand dollars in it. There was no way that I was going to write write a faith check to the um, <laughs> to the supervisor of election, and then run around that day begging, pleading, and telling people that I had kited a check and I and I and I, and I needed desperate help. Uh, no. So. As I was shutting it down in my head, I thought to myself, you know, this is really, and this still, as sad as I am, and disappointed and frustrated and angry as I am, this is still the best way to do it. Because if people support your idea, then they'll support you. Then they will support you. Because their money is a representation of their life, of their time. That's what that's all that money is. Because you work for your money and you don't and you actually give some of your time, some of your life to the entity, corporation, whatever it is, that you can never get back, and they repay you in something as worthless as money. Right? They pay you in money, and then you can then you can choose to spend that money wherever you want which is just a, re a representation of your time, of your life. And if I have not been able to convince people that I was worth it, which was a depressing part for me, then so be it. It made me sad. It made me angry. It made me think people didn't get it. And also made me sad and angry at myself. So um, that's my own personal, that's my own personal story. Um, but I, I think that when we start thinking about campaign finance reform, we have to be very, 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 very careful. Um, it shouldn't just be something that we that we throw around to keep them from getting in office. Whoever them happens to be for you. Um, we can't just be tilting at the boogeyman. If the, if the boogeyman is George Soros or the boogeyman or the Koch brothers, that's not enough to throw the whole system in the trash and start again. The turbulence from that is too great and will trickle down and harm the people that it was never intended to harm. When you have um, communities trying to, quote, get the big box stores, making them, you know, having, having um, referendums to have them pay uh, or $15 an hour, and you don't think that mom and pop will have to pay $15 an hour too. You know, this whole fight for 15 is about McDonald's. It's not about Joe's Burger Shack. You know what I'm saying? This whole fight for 15 is about McDonald's and Wendy's. It's not about Joe's Burger Shack or mom's hot dog shack. But you know who gets, who, who gets caught up? Joe's. You know, Joe's Burgers and Mom's Hot Dog Shack gets caught up because they can't afford $15 an hour because they that would wipe them out. But they end up being collateral damage. So we have to be very, very careful about our zeal in such things when we're trying to, quote, get, in quote, others. We're trying to get them.
We're trying to get George Soros. We're trying to get the Koch brothers. Be very, very careful. Because there might because there will be collateral damage. And the collateral damage may be me. Alright, we gotta get out of here. Make room for somebody else. So again, if you wherever you you've heard the podcast, please, please, please send me an email. WLS eight six zero at gmail com. That's WLS eight six zero at gmail.com. Thank you ever so much for your time. It's important to me. So until we see you again, go out there and learn something, love somebody, and for goodness sakes, y'all take care of yourself. We will see you when we see you. Bye-bye now.